I am joined now by Will Kennedy, voice of the Argos, and and Will, it's uh it's crazy that it's it's basically Christmas time already, but uh, no shortage of news for the Argos, whether it be football or men's and women's basketball. It's still a busy time of the year for them. Yeah, it slows down as far as having to you know go to class and and some of the other things that you have to do as a student athlete, but it does not stop uh, if you're if you're playing sports or if you're you know around the different programs at the University of West Florida. Basketball busy over the break, but obviously the football the coaching change has sucked up a lot of the bandwidth and the thing, but then we're also turning around and getting ready for baseball, That's softball, right. tennis, you know, golf, and all the spring sports are just around the corner as well. Absolutely. Um, there, there's a few things I want to get to in this, and we will get to men's and women's basketball here in a little bit. Argos players are going to the portal, the latest being Will Breland announcing, hey, I'm, I'm gone. Uh, I, I talked about this a little bit earlier, and news came out from Towson that Coach Shinnick is, is bringing along with him three coaches, all of them regarding the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Brent Myers, linebackers coach. Uh, Alex Crutch involved in special teams and D-line. And then you get Darian Doolin, who also is gone, was the D.C., and also Dela D-backs. Is not, not that it was a, it's a surprise that guys are leaving, but but it wasn't necessarily uh, expected, I guess, in turn or, or un- unexpected that it's not a surprise that they're leaving. But also, it's it's a bummer that that they are going to. But it makes sense given a lot of these guys who are leaving, defensive guys. You lose your D line coach, your DC uh, linebackers coach. You're dealing with position groups as well. D- does it make sense given the guys we've seen leave based on these coaches who have left to go with Coach Shinnick to Towson? Yeah, guys, especially Darian Dill and, and Alex Crutch, who have been with Pete Shinnick for a long time. I mean, Alex Crutch was with them at Pembroke, and then came here, was here the you know the entire uh, you know eight years, you know six of those being seasons that were played at the University of West Florida. So he was one of the original staff, and Coach Dew's been with him a long time too. And so you know those guys do move on, and 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 it, here's the difference for a lot of people that may not understand: there are six full-time coaching positions that includes the head coach at the University of West Florida at this level. At Towson State, Coach Shinnick, and probably one of the reasons that it was appealing to him to make the move, and there's a lot of them, is that he now has ten full-time positions at Towson and a bigger budget to spread around. And, so I know, you know, Coach Crutch had been up, Alex Crutch had been up for the for the Pembroke head coaching job, and I don't think he didn't get that job. And so this is kind of a natural progression for him, and I'm sure, you know, one day he'd like to be a defensive coordinator, maybe a head coach, and so this helps him on that path. Coach Darian Doolin, I think, you know, maybe probably had thoughts of maybe staying here and trying to be the head coach, but also it's probably appealing to him to, to jump up there and be the defensive coordinator at an FCS school. And you know, Coach Myers had been in and out of here, two different stints here, we brought him back. Uh, for this most recent one, but you know he's a young coach, and so it's a good opportunity for him too. And so with those guys moving on, you do have some holes to fill. And you know, we do keep Coach Steve Sonye, offensive line coach, assistant head coach, and and then Ron Dickerson, who's been a head coach at the D1 level, Gardner Webb, and then you know has been here as a receivers coach. He'll he'll slide in and then uh, to the offensive coordinator role here as well. You work with Caleb Nobles, the new head coach at. UWF when it comes to calling the plays. And then you start filling in some other positions and we're bringing back some familiar faces and adding some new faces to the coaching staff here. Do you, do you think, I know you mentioned that Coach Doolin could have maybe been in line for that head. Is, is that something that, do you do you think that if Caleb Nobles wasn't the guy, is that maybe the first option that would have 
come for, for the Argos is, hey, uh, Coach Doolin, if you want the job, it's yours. Is that something that Pete Shinnick would have endorsed? Is that something that could have been offered? I, I know that you mentioned it. I just want to follow up with that. Well, hard, hard to speculate because it didn't go that way. I, I can't tell you that the, you know, the number of people who wanted or were interested in UWF head coaching job, I don't know that people would really wrap their heads around the kind of response that athletic director Dave Scott got. I mean, he started getting emails, phone calls before it was even officially announced that Pete wow. Shinnick was leaving, you know, and agents and some big names, uh, you know, kind of sniffing around a little bit even. And so it just, you know, goes to show you how appealing and attractive the position at UWF is. And so, you know, it went the way it, it went, and, and Caleb Nobles is the guy. We talked last week about you know, kind of what that means and, and why it's it's a good fit at this time. And so, you know, it, it's easy to do that with coaching jobs at every level to kind of speculate on what, what could have happened, what didn't happen. Um, I don't think that's fair to anybody involved necessarily, but, you know, everybody – you know, hopefully everybody lands on their feet somewhere. The guys that were on this staff and aren't going to be anymore, or they took that opportunity to go with Coach Pete Sinek. And I think that staff at Towson is going to do some really great things. I mean, based on what Coach Sinek has done everywhere he's ever been, and 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 that does happen. I mean, assistant coaches travel. You know, a lot of times assistant coaches travel with a head coach, and that doesn't mean the whole staff goes. But I think in this case, you're seeing. Uh, Caleb Noble's bringing in some guys to his staff that he's familiar with and guys that are familiar with this program at UWF. And so, you know, that helps build that continuity to try to continue the great success this program has had. And then maybe adds some new ideas and some fresh perspectives in as well with some younger guys on the state. It's going to be a pretty young staff outside of, you know, Coach Dickerson and Coach Sonia. So it's important to keep those guys around because of their experience and, and their kind of calming influence at some levels. I think you're going to see a, a, some fire in this group from, from Coach Nobles all the way down with some of the assistants that he's bringing in. Well, Kennedy, voice of the Argos, joining the show now. And one of the things, too, along with the the lines of the, of the, of the transfers is – you know, I, I, Zach Elam's been announcing, uh, it seems like, an FBS programs left and right who are interested in him getting offers from Coastal and UMass and Georgia Southern and then Poodle Walker going to, to Kennesaw State. Um, some other guys, of course, getting some good offers, and I'm sure Will's going to get some uh, stuff there as well. How much, I guess, if you were to say expectations, I know it's really early, but given the transfers from the defensive side of the ball to younger coaching staff, what would you say are fair expectations, at least right now, for Coach Noble's first season? I know he talked about expectations over the course of uh, his press conference and how people in the community, you know, we, we, we've we seen a lot of good things from Argos football. But realistically, what should Argos fans and just people in the area expect from Coach Noble's in his first season? Is it making the playoffs? Is it doing well in the GSC? Or if, if, if there's a way you could put it, I guess, what would those be? I don't think you, you know, if you ask, and and we're going to try to get you, you know, hooked up with Coach Nobles to bring him on the show here. But, you know, for me and, and kind of knowing Caleb pretty well, I don't think, you know, you're not dropping your expectations at all. I mean, your expectations are to compete to win a GSC title, go to the playoffs and make a deep playoff run. And listen, I mean, think about how different this year's team was from the 21 team as far as personnel. Yeah, there were some, some key names that you knew from, from previous years, but I mean, our linebacking core outside of Will Breland, who was just a sophomore and didn't play a ton, 
I mean, he was all GSE as a freshman, but, you know, he wasn't, you know, and that's the thing about this defense. I mean, guys rotate in and out. So defensively looking at that, even on offense, I mean, guys have rotated at every position outside of quarterback. And so I think, you know, you're going to see the opportunity for new players to step in. And this is the world we live in now, this transfer portal and give it and it taketh away that, you know, you're going to have guys and, and listen, I mean, you know, going from D2 to D1 is, is kind of a, a dream for a lot of these guys, and especially some of these guys out of high school maybe felt like they didn't get the opportunity they were looking for and maybe got passed over in recruiting or overlooked, you know, that kind of thing. And even some guys that have come in here from other programs that now are looking to go out and go again. I mean, and that's the thing. You can you know, look at look at some of these guys. They're playing at four or five different schools over the course of their careers, and is that a good thing or a bad thing? We could spend – hours talking about that but you know will breland for example is a, is a local guy you know out of mobile and uh, probably has shown what he can do and uh, obviously some some programs are going to be interested and I, you talk with people around the gulf south conference and they'll tell you like if you're if you're good enough to start for one of the upper tier gsc teams you're good enough to play at the fcs level now then you just have to decide where do i want to be you know what school do i want to go to is Eastern Kentucky better than being in Pensacola, Florida is, you know, going to Northern Arizona or even Kennesaw state. Is that a better deal for you? Um, some of these guys will talk about NIL money. Is that realistic? Probably not, you know, but I think here's the problem. It's a blessing and a curse, right? Austin Reed has gone off and done what Austin Reed has done. And now everybody else goes, me too. <laughs> yeah. I want to do that too. So you know, I, I I wish all these kids, and I know many of them very, very well, you know, and I wish them all the best of luck. And they're really good kids, all of them, all the ones we're talking about um, in the transfer portal so far. They're also young men, right? And at that age, what do you like? You like attention. And so being in that recruiting process, again, they get to go on social media, they get to post their offers, you know, I got this offer from this place and that place and that place, and it feels good and people respond to it and react to it and they like it and they share it and all that kind of stuff. Nothing wrong with that at all. But the bottom line is hopefully they are making the right decision for them, you know, and it's easy for me. I could sit here and say, you're making the wrong decision. Stay here at the university of West Florida. That would be disingenuous on my behalf. Um, you know, and there may be a couple that go into the portal and realize it ain't what I thought it was. And they come back here to UWF, but if not, I know this coaching staff will use the portal and other tools available to them to go out and find talent, and bring talent in. And you hate to have to replace that many guys, but it's inevitable. And, and, and back to where we started, right? You lose a lot of your defensive staff. So a lot of these defensive players think, where do I fit in with a new guy? They got a great new defensive coordinator and Cavell Edwards. I mean, they're going to have some talented guys. He's a guy who played in the NFL who's going to come in and teach them some things maybe that the other staff didn't, wasn't able to teach them because they hadn't played at that level. But, mm. uh, you know, Coach Nevels knows he's got to re-recruit his locker room. He's got to go out and sell this program and sell that the future is bright. And I think they're going to do that exceptionally well. But, you know, it does it does suck. Let's just be honest. It sucks to lose your players when it's not the graduation and to have to kind of watch them potentially playing somewhere else. But that happened. that's happened every year. T.J. Limehouse, who was a, a corner safety for us, in 21, I mean, he went off and he was the, you know, defensive player of the year at one of the FCS programs and, you know, showed showed that there's not a whole lot of difference between these two levels. Talking to Will Kennedy, voice of the Argos. Jumping to men's and women's basketball real quick before we go. The men getting a nice win 
over Valdosta State. We've seen a, a number of players step up for the group, but most recently you get Juwan Weatherspoon, who had a, a nice finish. Latrell Tate was on fire in that one against Valdosta State. On the, on the flip side, the ladies just fallen short of of beating a good Valdosta State team in the GSC. Uh, Jarno, again, 16 points, 16 rebounds, two steals. Um, a very, very good game from her. And then Jade Langford also had, had 14 points as well. So you're seeing a a, a a group effort, if you will. It's not just one or two players for both of these Ar- Argos teams. And what do they need to do maybe a little bit better on both these teams, Will, to continue to push forward and, and get the most out of their not only 2022, but their GSC play before we head into late 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 February and uh, early March with conference tournament time. Let's start with the ladies and, and Coach Stephanie Lortielton in that group. I mean, it's another <laughs> loss, and every loss that they've had has been to a quality, quality team, and they've all been exceptionally close except for that Eckerd game at the beginning, and that was just horrendous shooting. Uh, but every other game has been, you know, like four or five points, and that was the case with the Valdosta game. And, uh, yeah, nice to see some other girls stepping, you know, some of the other players stepping in and giving those contributions. You mentioned Jaden Langford, Shania Johnson had a really nice game as well, kind of all-around game defensively in some other areas that, that don't necessarily pop off the stat sheet. And no double J that, you know, Jackie's going to give you a little bit of, you know, everything every night, shooting, rebounding, defending. Zoe Pillar had to sit most of the first half, got an early foul trouble. Some of it not her fault, but she's just going to have to figure out how to play around some of the officiating and the fact that she goes and sets a pick. It's a clean pick, and the player runs into her and goes down to the ground, and they call it on Zoe. I mean, it's the Shaq thing, right? You know, you just you're, you're bigger and stronger than everybody else, and they punish you for that, which is unfair. It's bad officiating, in my opinion. And but she's got to, to learn how to deal with that. But Coach Yelton said after the game, here's the thing: you got nine new players on this team, talented players. They are still figuring out how it all works together, what it all looks like in, in an efficient mix. And when that all clicks in, and you hope it is sooner rather than later, they're going to be a really good basketball team. But yeah, they got to start stringing together wins in the conference, and uh, they're in a good, they're in an okay spot right now. But they really do need to push forward and, and pick up some wins. Now the men. They got some catching up to do. So that Austin win was huge. And they're off until the 31st. They'll be on the road at two games in Alabama, Montevallo, AUM to wrap up, you know, 2022 and roll into 23. So they played the 31st and the second, both teams. Then they're at home for a couple games in early January. But they got to feast on some wins here to kind of climb up the GSC standings on the men's side. And you mentioned, you know, it was great to see them beat Valdosta. But Charles Tate, unbelievable down the stretch. Was a good game from Weatherspoon. Got fantastic games, especially early from Wendell Matthews and David Pett at home. Those two bigs both went off in the first half and really kind of carried the load in the first half of the game. Dan Sofield had a rough game, and they still won. And so that shows you the development of that team. But they've got to start winning some games, and it's going to have to come from having those other guys because, look, they're going to double-team Dan Sofield. They're going to take the ball out of his hands. They're going to try to force somebody else to beat them. I think the Argos are finding, for Coach Jeff Burkhammer, some of those other options. And if they get that kind of play and all of a sudden they loosen things up for Dan, I expect to see Sofield go off the rest of the way. But they, they really need, let's say, these next four games, two on the road and two at home, they really need to win three, uh, if not four, if not all of them, to really kind of position themselves back in. They're all winnable games, I think, for them. So, really, they need to stretch. They need a streak. Both teams just need to get a streak going, put a couple wins together, and then hopefully that you know translates into being where they want to be down the stretch in the GSE season. 
He's Will Kennedy, Voice of the Argos. Will, appreciate the time as always. Have a, a Merry Christmas and, and a Happy New Year as well, and we'll be in touch again soon. Appreciate it. We're rolling over. I'm rolling over, by the way, if, if anybody else wants to just, you know, maybe think about this tomorrow. If you ain't got nothing to do on a, a Wednesday night, rolling over to Mo, uh, to New Orleans to watch Austin Reed, who we mentioned earlier in Western Kentucky, play South Alabama. There you go. And you know, the voice and brothers, Keon Voison plays for us. His two brothers are on the team. That game tomorrow night over there, 8 o'clock kick in the Dome. Rolling over for that. Going to going to follow Austin Reed, meet meet up with his family, his, his parents, Tom and Jen tomorrow as well. So should be a good time and getting to watch a former Argo do his thing. Fantastic stuff, Will. Again, appreciate the time and have a Merry Christmas. Thanks, sir.